Hello and welcome to Podcast with Devi Star. Think at Renew. Episode 2. Sponsored by Long Rehab Voyage. I'm your host Devi, officially known as Mushakila Devi Pirumal, and today's episode is on health equity and promotion in mental health, and you're joining me in UK. A bit of history about me. I'm the founder of Long Rehab Voyage. I have many hats. I'm mom of two kids, counselor, psychotherapist, respiratory physiotherapist, specialized in pulmonary rehab, researcher and patient empowerment coach. I am super excited and ambitious about the concept about lung and mind work in alignment to make people integrate their self-esteem into their values to have a meaningful quality life for their existence. I'm also super excited to choose my podcast title as TAR because in computing world, TAR is what you call an archive, a collection of many files into one archive file. In my TAR podcast, I will be exploring many distorted concepts related to your lung and mental health and push you to hustle in your own way to make some archives of powerful healing changes in your patterns of life. Tar podcast aims to trigger and challenge your thoughts and actions to renew your life. Focus is on conditioning and self-care of your mind and lung. Today's podcast is focused on creating awareness on health equity and promotion in mental health in UK. Do you ponder what is health equity? Check out the next section of this episode. to this section on health equity. Before I could explain health equity, I would like to introduce to you to the concept of health. What is health? According to World Health Organization, health is defined as complete physical, mental and social well-being rather than mere absence of disease or infirmary. Such a bold and ambitious definition. And now I'm going to explain what health equity means. Health equity means absence of health disparities, by which it means absence of differences in health that are unfair, avoidable and unjust. There are a number of determinants of health disparities. For example, a place of origin from where a person has come from or a person's socioeconomic status based on their income, education, occupation, race and ethnicity. Racial discrimination is one of the emotive challenges widely faced in UK. Race refers to a group of people defined by their ethnic origin, color or nationality. There are several types of discrimination a person is subjected to if they are living in UK. The first one I would like to introduce is direct discrimination, a person being treated less favorably based on their origin, ethnic origin or nationality 
or based on their skin color. Another form of discrimination is indirect discrimination. Applying a criterion or a provision or a practice which only disadvantaged people are subjected to due to their protected characteristics. Another form of discrimination is discrimination by perception, by which it means that people are linked to their behaviors and their stereotypes. People's treatment are based on their stereotypes and their behaviors. Another form of discrimination is discrimination by association, where this means people again are associated with their protected characteristics. For instance, people who are related to or care for someone who is disabled are treated less favorable. This includes carers, family and friends. Another form of discrimination is discrimination from disability. The Equality Act, which we all very well aware of, states that it is discrimination to treat a disabled person unfavorable because of reason connected with their disability. But still, we see prevalence, higher prevalence of those discrimination exists in organizations and organizations have fail, failing to make a reasonable adjustments for those people who exhibit the characteristics of disability. Another form of discrimination is the harassment. What does harassment mean? It means an unwanted conduct that violates a people's dignity or creates an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating or offensive environment. This includes behavior that an individual finds offensive on these grounds even if the behavior is not directed at the individual. Another form of discrimination is victimization. What does it mean? It is treating people less favorable because of the actions they have taken or in connection with discrimination legislation. For example, whistleblowing something at work, a person is then treated or victimized for those actions of whistleblowing. Though act exists, it is not right for the organization to victimize a person who is whistleblowing, but still it prevails in organization and blindfolded. So you can see there are different types of discrimination and racism is a significant contributor both explicit and implicit health dis disparities. Healthcare has a bigger part to play. Since 2007, data from mental health organization in conjunction with adult psychiatry morbidity survey APMS confirm minority ethnic groups receive poor healthcare experience linked to stereotypes and associated perceptions. Often these disparities makes healthcare more challenging. Emotional connection is missing. Closing the gap in racial disparity is become a higher priority in the healthcare sector. 
For this, the solution is not only focusing on reforming the medical care, but focusing on a holistic approach. Because people with diversity come with many social challenges. Just providing healthcare alone will not produce a long-term positive effect. To remind here, the Maslow's hierarchy where one's basic survival needs should be well supported to achieve health equity. For example, as a pulmonary health specialist, I have experience of working with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. As a compassionate healthcare professional with accountability to make positive impact in the disease management, my challenges were to deal with smokers and to make them accommodate with the healthcare provision and the resources available to me. Smokers have high psychosocial stress and focus support on social challenges of those people will have a positive impact on supporting their quit smoking mission and also to make a more recommendable holistic approach for their healthier quality of life. I would like to bring here the Ottawa Charter in 1986. It is a landmark document on health promotion with equity published by the WHO. It focused on five action areas and three strategies to enable uh, equity health promotion. The five action areas were building healthy public policy, creating supportive environments, strengthening community action, developing personal skills and reorienting health services. In the next section, I'm going to discuss in detail each of these five areas of focus and the three enablers, how to execute the strategies, I mean, to execute those five action plans. I'll see you in the next section. segment, I would like to elaborate the five action areas in the Ottawa Charter for health promotion with equity. The first one is building a healthy public policy, which means having a protection of health of individuals and communities, not just the health departments, but all levels and sectors of government and other organizations giving more autonomy over the choices of health for the people. For example, introducing smoking restrictions at workplace and in the other common places where people meet, or maintaining a, a health and safety regulation at the workplace. These are some of the examples of building a healthy public policies. Second, building a supportive environment. Um, which means that it increases the ability of people to make healthy choices while they are in their own setting. For example, having uh, people has to go through in a daily life uh, some part of the time in their homes or with their kids or in the workplace or anywhere traveling around the world. So um, introducing some healthy workspaces, restricting some junk food ads, uh, links to environmental, um, physical activity, uh, communities. Those are the, some of the ways you can create a supportive environment for people to 
promote health promotion in a, um, an e- exhibiting an equity among the people in achieving those um, healthy goals. And third focus area of action is strengthening the community action. This means having a collective action of the community to improve their health. For example, creating community fund runs. Um, in UK, widely, most places have park run. And uh, creating community kitchens, like community uh, organization can conduct these on a monthly basis, uh, which will actually give some space for people to come together and vent out or to explore new opportunities with each other. And also by um, including them in a supportive organizational plans, um, like uh, having every three months in an organization for teams to meet together so that they can develop a community, uh, strengthen the community in a better healthy mindset and uh, the fourth one was focusing on reorienting the health services what this means is majorly our focus of when it comes to health promotion is focused only on a narrow mindset of uh, delivering the medication or the related things related to the um, illness or the injury a patient presents to us Rather, the focus should be a holistic approach to strengthen the protective factors and reduce the risk factors. For example, people coming with smoking, as I earlier discussed, um, should also be focused on the psychosocial uh, risk factors and uh, create a supportive environment to tackle those challenges and barriers for those people. And the fifth was uh, developing personal skills, which is a key main area. And one of the initiatives um, is uh, to create some online education or teaching material or promotional audio material, which is I'm doing through this podcast, creating awareness on mental health and health equity. And uh, this would actually give people a normal public information and education and life skills to have a positive health choices and to know about aware of what is actually existing in the uk what is the wonderful nhs is doing to us and how we can reach out because if public is not aware of those things available in their own locality or the society the governmental policies even they are actually shouting aloud and making initiatives and investing a lot of funds in that if it is not reaching or creating awareness among the public it's not going to be in a a posture way or the end goal or solution is not going to be achieved still there will be racial inequalities and health inequalities it is about uh, boils down to um, creating awareness and uh, people are aware what is their rights and what is achievable within the remits of their um, NHS or within the remits of their national organizations so that uh, they can have a healthy lifestyle so we have seen the five action areas in the Ottawa Charter and I've linked it towards our NHS in the UK. Um, so the strategies what the Ottawa Charter actually um, advocate is, uh, first thing is to advocate the individual and social action uh, with a political commitment and policy support and social system support. And also to secondly to mediate at the right individuals and communities via public and private sector. And thirdly to enable those activities in partnership 
with the individuals always co-production with the individuals and the community will reach our goal of empowering um, health and uh, um, preventing the health disparities among our communities so that everyone is actually treated with equity and uh, getting aware of the services available to them so uh, now a question pops out like uh, who is the key responsible person to execute this or to promote this the, the responsibility lies in everyone's hand it is a coordinated action from the health department from the other stakeholders both government and private and ngos and international organization to improve the community health in addition to the ottawa charter the world federation of public health association framework have actually um, given three core areas and the four enablers to promote uh, public health with equity the key the three core areas what they actually focus on is um, the three p's protection promotion and prevention so by protection they are meaning um, the control of infectious disease and managing the health emergencies and managing the health environmental health hazards and uh, also the hazards in the health uh, workplaces to create uh, health and safety uh, regulations of the workplaces and by promotion they mean the individual um, promotion of individual health behaviors and improving the social determinants of health and prevention is where the right screening at the right time to the right population and also uh, it includes the vaccination in the current covid challenges a very key important thing to focus so how can we enable these as the enablers are having a good governance policy and advocacy uh, with the strong political system as we discussed earlier uh, to influence and obtain support and action a uh, very committed action i mean and also by focusing on the capacity so we need a well trained and skilled workforce to deliver those um, health interventions to the right people at the right time and also um, disseminating the information and, and uh, accurate information and accurate time to accurate people and population which could be made possible with the right research and the right surveillance um surveillance is the eyes and ears of the society it should be conducted in the right way and also a right monitoring and evaluation at the right time so nhs defines the health inequalities as a preventable unfair unjust differences in health status between the groups population or individual that arises from the unequal distribution of social environmental and economical conditions within the societies which determine the risk of people getting ill the ability to prevent the sickness or opportunities to take actions and access the treatment when ill health occurs so reducing the inequalities as being one of the key 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 drive for nhs long term plan which acknowledges while we cannot treat our ways out of inequalities the nhs can ensure that action to drive down health inequalities is central to everything we do so um it is very well known that now for nhs has recognized that health inequalities is prevalent uh, wider in uk and it has uh, a long term plan to tackle those um, inequalities uh, 
In the next section, I will elaborate in more in detail about the uh, NHS plans and uh, the facts about the mental health in UK and also on the new Mental Health Act on Modernising Mental Health Act and the relevant uh, advancing health inequalities in mental health. I'll see you in the next section. Facts of Mental Health Mental health problems pose emotional and financial costs to individuals, their families and their society as a whole. According to a report published by World Health Organization in 2011, untreated mental health problems accounts for 13% of total global burden of disease. It is projected that by 2030, mental health problems will be the leading cause of mortality and morbidity. According to the 2013 Global Burden of Disease Study, the predominant mental health problem worldwide is depression, followed by anxiety, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Depressive disorders also contribute to the burden of suicide and heart disease on the mortality and disability. And 2013 Chief Medical Officer report estimated wider cost of mental health problems to UK economy are 70 to 100 billion per year. The Centre for Mental Health found the annual cost in England alone were 105.2 billion pounds per year. Further data confirms levels of poor mental health in Northern Ireland compared to Republic of Ireland and UK. The total cost of mental health problems in Northern Ireland is estimated at 3.5 billion or 12% of Northern Ireland's national income. When we look into the data from the Wales, the data taken from uh, Wales in the year of 2007 to 2008 was estimated at 7.2 billion a year, which is larger than the amount spent on the health and social care cost for all other illness in the same year, which accounts to be a total of 6.1 billion. When we look into the top about the England in Scotland, the mental health cost in the year of 2009 to 10 is estimated to be 10.7 billion. The publication from Mental Health Foundation report in 2016 confirms that 30% of UK population, which means about 15 million people, live with one or more long-term conditions and more than 4 million of these people with long-term condition have mental health problem. It is confirmed that both asthma and high blood pressure were associated with a wide range of different mental health problems, including depression, anxiety disorders and post-traumatic stress disorder. And people with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease COPD are 2.5 times more likely to experience depression and anxiety than the general population. 
In a 2008 study, the prevalence of depression for people with COPD ranges between 10% and 42%, while that of anxiety ranges between 10% and 19%. The cost of depression with COPD, the coexistence of this mental health disorder in those people with respiratory condition associated with longer hospitalization and increased symptom burden which actually confirms that mental health should be a target in delivering treatment or management plan for people with long-term chronic conditions and also further studies have uh, actually confirmed the data confirms that uh, people with lung cancer and people with brain cancer suffer from depression when we come out of the physical or uh, disability or chronic long-term disability when we come out to normal people even mental health disorders exist in normal people because of the work ambiences they experience they experience bullying discrimination and several other conditions which actually causes the employees and put them into a mental health disorder patterns a survey from ons labor force in 2015 confirms employees in uk took 138.7 million working days off because they were ill or in pain that is approximately 4.4 days per person employed in common mental health problems referred like anxiety depression and stress is the third most common cause of sick leave the employees opted as a reason for their absence. In 2015 again, mental health disorder-related issues or disorders were found to be uh, leading approximately 7.6 million days of sick leave or 12.7% of the total sick days taken in UK. And data from Mental Health Foundation published in 2016 in conjunction with the um, survey done previously by the Adult Psychiatry Morbidity Survey in 2014 highlights that every week one in six adults have symptoms of uh, mental health such as anxiety or depression and one in five adults have considered taking their own life at some point which is so scary and puts our health system in a question. Nearly half of adults believe that in their lifetime they have been diagnosed with mental health problem but yet they have not had a confirmed diagnosis. Women between the ages of 16 and 24 are almost three times likely to experience common mental health problem compared to the male counterparts of 9%. And the common disorders the women exhibit in those age groups are self-harm, bipolar disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder. This clearly actually highlights a higher, bigger issue and we have to take a deeper look, especially health departments in coordination with the community sectors and organizations should address this as a key most issue at the earliest possible. Another group of uh, people who are at risk are the people in middle age groups ages between 55 and 64. Both men and women have reported uh, mental health problems. And the uh, people who actually have uh, 
unemployment and uh, receiving employment and support allowance have a worrying level of poor mental health disorders and two-third report common mental health problems and uh, report suicidal thoughts with 43.2% having made a suicidal attempt indicating that the population is a greater need of targeted support. Despite an increase in people assessing the treatment, around third of all the people with mental health problems have no professional help at all, which actually draws attention to the workforce capacity prevalent in mental health service delivery. And also, the survey reported um, bullying as the strongest associated mental health uh, um, disorder between 2011 and 12, one in eight children aged 10 to 15 have been reported bullied at school. And uh, the survey, the digital label, so have actually confirmed uh, cyberbullying as one of the key cause of mental disorder as well. Research has shown bullying have a long-term adverse effect on individual mental health with these experiences during adolescence found to be a predictor of poor mental health and depression in adulthood, as well as long-term physical health problems such as diabetes or cardiovascular disease, with the effects of which can be seen up to 40 years later. Over 60% of young people attending the child and adolescence mental health services camps reported bullying as an important reason for their attendance. With this drastic, awful, scary data, I'm going to reveal more data on the Black Asian minority ethnic groups in the next section. In this section, I'm going to talk about the mental health disorders and the mental health uh, service access to Black Asian minority ethnic groups. And the information in this section is based on the report from the Mental Health Foundation published in 2016. The report confirms that there is a limited research in the area of impact of mental health on the Black Asian minority ethnic groups and this contributes to be the main challenge and barrier for the problems of misdiagnosis, underdiagnosis and a fewer treatment access in those minority ethnic groups. And a finding from 2014 adult psychiatric morbidity survey show depression as a prevalent cause in black women while the panic disorders as most prevalent among the women in black, Asian and mixed ethnic groups. However, those data have poor sample sizes and uh, that cannot be validated. A review published in 2015 exploring association between ethnicity, mental health problems and socio-economic status found people from black ethnic minority backgrounds have a higher prevalence of psychosis compared with white majority population. In contrast, a study by Stewart Brown and colleagues in 2015 found those of the African Caribbean 
Indian and Pakistani origin showed higher levels of mental well-being than compared to the other groups. And this was actually attributed to the higher levels of well-being found among the men in those minority groups. Studies show that the post-traumatic disorder is higher in women of black ethnic origin and that was associated to the higher levels of sexual assault experience and people failed to stand up and report those sexual assaults or trauma experienced in their life. Disproportionate rates of people from BAME populations have been found detained under the Mental Health Act 1983. In 2016, UK study examining the Mental Health Act 2007 assessment found this to be a disproportionately associated with higher levels of mental health conditions and poorer levels of social support, but not due to ethnicity. When we look into the data published in the same report on the asylum seekers and refugees, in Northern Ireland the suicide rate among the male Irish travellers is 6.6 times that of the men in general population. And this group also continues to experience discrimination with 65% of people reporting that they would not accept an Irish traveller as a close friend. By end of 2015, there was a total of 123,000 refugees pending asylum cases and stateless persons in UK. And in Scotland, the figures were 1,029 asylum applications made in 2012 and the number of refugees in Wales is unknown but it is estimated to be between 6,000 and 10,000. But what research confirms is asylum seekers and refugees are more likely to experience poor mental health than the local population including higher rates of depression, post-traumatic stress disorder and other anxiety disorder. Increased vulnerability to mental health problems is linked to both pre-migration experience, in particular exposure to the war trauma and post-migration condition that refugees often face, including the separation from the family, difficulties with asylum procedures or detention, unemployment and inadequate housing conditions. It is important to recognize different groups have different likelihoods of developing mental health problems and it is influenced by multiple personal, social and environmental factors. Addressing health inequalities has been a key priority in mental health for years and the NHS five-year forward view and NHS long-term plan. The NHS mental health implementation plan 2019-2020 2023 to 2024 gives the detail underpinning the long-term plan ambition for the mental health and sets expectation that all systems need to reduce mental health inequalities by 2023 or by end 2024. In the light of COVID-19 pandemic, it has become more important than ever. The virus and its social and economic impact has actually caused major impact in this minority groups and NHS has taken eight urgent action to tackle this health inequalities to protect those in higher risk category in those minority groups. The eight urgent actions are to protect the most vulnerable from the COVID-19 with possible location of uh, vaccination centers and screening, 
to restore NHS services inclusively, develop digital-enabled care pathways in ways which increase inclusion, accelerate preventive programs which proactively engage those at risk of poor health outcomes, and support those who suffer mental health condition as a priority, strengthen leadership and accountability, ensure datasets are complete and timely, and collaborate locally in planning and delivering the actions. The impact of the COVID, furthermore, even before that, the Black Lives Matter movement had brought the racial inequality to the forefront in everyone's mind globally. And this momentum gives us the opportunity to challenge the past and ongoing injustice and drive forward with creative peace and convention. In this section, I'm going to give you some data and facts around the Modernizing the Mental Health Act 1983. An independent review report was published in December 2018 and a new Mental Health Act 1983 was in action. When you look into the history of why this review has been undertaken, the details revealed that our former Prime Minister of United Kingdom, Lady Theresa May, the leader of Conservative Party from 2016 to 2019 have questioned the mental health service delivery. A thoughtful questions were why more people are kept in hospital for their own safety or for the safety of other people? Why more people from ethnic minority backgrounds been kept in hospital for their own safety or for the safety of other people? How to improve some of the ways we work? A thoughtful question had led to an independent review under the chair of Professor Sir Simon Wesley, Professor of Psychiatry at King's College London. The review actually conducted 50 meetings across England and Wales for people who were held and kept safe in mental health hospital, people with learning disability and people with autism. The review sent some surveys to relevant organisations and about 1,500 people responded to the survey. In addition, the review conducted seven pre-public meetings and about 450 people attended those meetings. Finally, the review also conducted some expert group advice consultation and the experts include the service users and their carers. In the review report, it acknowledges that there are structural factors such as racism, stigma and stereotyping that increases the risk of differential experience in ethnic minority communities. It holds accountable the individual practitioner or the system leaders that needs some honesty about the scale of challenge and recognize current approaches are not delivering for people from ethnic minority backgrounds and a firm commitment to work together with the service users, carers and the communities. And also, Advancing Equality Act, as stated in the Public Sector Equality Duty, the review strongly supports 
creation of organizational competency framework to tackle racial disparity which as its core service user and care accountability measures designed to address this inequality in healthcare and mental health. It is also expected there will be a role for the regulatory bodies to monitor the compliance and attainment at national level with patient and carer representatives having an active role in the assessment. Review also identifies uh, the lack of resources, which I mean a lack of trained staff, and welcomes a series of initiatives to encourage young people to come forward into the areas of mental health. In this section, I would like to give you an overview of the new Modernising Mental Health Act 1983, a final report that was published in December 2018. As I mentioned in my previous section, the chair of the review was Professor Sir Simon Wesley, Professor of Psychiatry at King's College London. The chair has set the background and problems under three themes the complex balance between respecting a person's autonomy and the duty of a civilized state to protect the vulnerable. The second point was the problem of fear held by patients, the public and the professionals involved in the system. And the third main point in the problem was the rise of cohesion and the continuing legacy of stigma discrimination and racism in society. The new act actually has four key principles that underpins the reform. The first one is the choice and the autonomy, ensuring service users' views and choices are respected. Second, least restriction ensuring the acts power are used in the least restrictive way for the people. Third is the therapeutic benefit, ensuring patients are supported to get better so they can be discharged from the act. And the fourth principle was the person as an individual, ensuring the patients viewed and treated as a rounded individual with respect and dignity. So what does the Act actually gives control for patients and what does the Act insist the service providers? The Act gives permission to the patients to have more control over their treatment, to ask for the right of second doctor's opinion at the earliest possible and to challenge the decision with the tribunal. The Act also gives the patients a chance to say what should happen if later on if they are not able to make the decision themselves and the doctor should take account of what the patients have told them earlier. It also allows patients to choose a person to represent from outside their close relative 
and this patient would represent the patient's questions to the doctors and other professionals. The Act also gives the patient an independent advocate who may speak for them on their behalf if they are unable to act. The Act insists that the police cells, police vehicles or police prisons are not the good places for people with mental health problems. The Act insists the community mental health services should be improved so there will be a less need for people to be kept in the hospital for their own safety or other people's safety. The Act insists that the care and treatment should be planned properly and the patient should be kept in a good place and treated with respect with a good discharge plan. The Act insists the NHS Trust, local council and the police to keep a record which shows how people from different ethnic communities are being treated. The Act also insists people should follow the religious rituals or religious practices while they are being kept in the hospital. The Act also allows the people to advocate who understands their background and what is important to them. And also the Act insists that the hospital should train their staff how to care for people from ethnic minority communities. The Act insists hospitals should try new ways of helping children and young people from African and Caribbean communities. The Act also insists to give new guidance around helping children, young people and their families. The Act also insists to give new guidance around helping people with learning disability and people with autism. Well, that's all for today's episode of TV Star. Thanks for listening and joining me today on the journey of health equity and promotion in mental health in UK. I hope this episode helps trigger your thinking process and create awareness on health equity and promotion in mental health. For more support to informational resources, please refer to the Modernizing Mental Health Act. 1983 an independent review report published in December 2018 easily available online Join us next week again when we talk about another topic related to lung or mental health make sure you subscribe to Daily Star podcast so you never miss an episode and if you haven't stopped by our website a lung rehab voyage don't forget to check out and book your first free 15 minutes consultation you can also check out our weekly updates on facebook and instagram lung rehab voyage we have a free facebook community group which is private a wholesome breathers club to support our members with educational updates on lung and mental health wellbeing We also publish weekly YouTube educational videos to empower patients with knowledge of their lung and mental health. So, that's it for today. Signing off now, Davy. Have a good day. This 
podcast is created by, produced by, recorded by, researched by, edited by Ms. Shakila Devi Firmal, founder of Lung Rehab Voyage.